is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen and Dr. Harry Quigley. Hello, and welcome to this special episode of Diagnosis Glaucoma. Today, we're actually going to be talking about something else besides glaucoma. Our world got turned upside down overnight with the news of the global pandemic caused by coronavirus disease 19, also known as Severe Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2. You may have questions about how the virus could affect your eyes and if it's safe to see your eye doctor. Although we're learning new things each day, the two of us are going to do our best to provide you with the most up-to-date information that we have. It's interesting that the very first known death from coronavirus was Dr. Li Wengling of Wuhan, China. Harry, did you know that he was an ophthalmologist and in fact a glaucoma specialist? We found that out later. And in fact, the data from China showed that healthcare personnel are at much greater risk than everyone else, and that eye doctors were unfortunately affected and died at a greater rate than other doctors. The way that the virus is spread is by small droplets from close contact, coughing, sneezing, and talking. The droplets land on surfaces, and if you're touching a lot of things and then going to your face, you can get it too. There is a high probability of this happening if you're within three to six feet of someone who is infected also and is coughing, sneezing, or talking. But it's not just circulating in the air by itself. As a glaucoma patient, you might be thinking to yourself, well, we just talked about the fact that the first person who died or the first known person who died of this condition was in fact a glaucoma specialist. And the answer is no. You are not at any greater risk than anyone else if you and staff in the eye clinics are following the correct precautions. Those of you who have glaucoma, you've been in the office and you know that the thing that we always use, both the technicians and the doctors, are that slit lamp, the thing that looks like binoculars with a bright light where you put your chin and forehead up in the machine. And of course, when you're in there and I'm looking at you, we're two feet from each other or less. You're breathing, I'm breathing, you can cough. For many years, we had a shield that was built on that machine that would block things. And we would laugh and say, well, the shield is there so I can't smell the onions that you had for lunch. As soon as we learned that the eye examination could be potentially a risk for the doctor or the patient, we put large plastic shields on that slit lamp device. And you'll see those and you'll see them being wiped down clean between patients so that even when you and I are close, it takes the worry out of being close. And what about the eye? Can COVID affect my eyes? It doesn't. It, it does cause a red eye in some people, just like any of the viruses that cause colds can cause a pink eye, but it doesn't cause the kind of really nasty, very uncomfortable, pussy pink eye that people get from what's called adenoviruses. It is something that affects the lungs of the eye. If you swab various parts of somebody's body, if you look everywhere in the body, including the blood, you'd be able to find a tiny amount of this virus because it's a general body infectious condition. But that does not mean that tears can infect somebody else. Now, we treat all part of you, including the skin on your face, as if it could infect us or as if we could touch you having touched our face. So we're gonna act as if tears and fluid around the eye is infectious, even though we know that the mass of all the infections that are passed from one person to the other come out of the lungs and the nose and pharynx from that person to the nose and pharynx of the person who gets infected. So what is the most effective way to prevent getting an eye condition from this virus? 
Well, the best way to prevent getting it in general is to have clean hands and not to breathe something that somebody else has exhaled that has the virus in it. So that's why you're hearing about wearing a mask anytime you're out, anytime you're near other people until we have a vaccine. And one of the nice things, if there's anything nice about COVID-19, the virus, you can kill it with 20 seconds of hand washing with plain soap and water. The virus has an envelope, a capsule around it. And if you open that capsule, the virus dies. To open the capsule, all you need to do is put soap on it for 20 seconds. So that's why you're going to see us washing our hands before we see you, washing our hands after we see you, and using alcohol, 70% alcohol, which also opens that capsule and kills the virus. So every surface in our exam room that would touch you ever has now been wiped down with an alcohol wipe before you get in the room. And that includes the seat of your pants, your chair, the armrests, the door handles, everything that we didn't used to pay a lot of attention to, we now go, that could be an infectious process location. Let's wipe it down. Harry, what about surgery? I noticed that your schedule in particular has been very busy in clinic and in surgery. So what precautions are you telling patients in terms of the virus and having surgery? Persons probably know that elective operations, operations like cataract to improve vision, all were stopped until we knew that the healthcare system wasn't going to be overwhelmed. And in all of the states where there was appropriate notice and things got started well enough, we didn't get overwhelmed. Like, for example, here at our Johns Hopkins Hospital, they ordered enough protective personal equipment in January and February, so it was already here and in place. We converted all of our ICUs to COVID ICUs, and interestingly, those were never used. At least they haven't been used yet for COVID-19, and they're back using those ICUs now for heart attacks and severe lung disease and neurological disorders that require them. But when we go to the operating room, we've always had sterile precautions. We've always had personal protective equipment. What we are now doing is testing every person who comes in for an eye operation to see whether they are at that moment positive for COVID-19. So whether they're symptomatic or asymptomatic, they're getting tested. Now that's both for their protection, so we know if they're sick, and it's more for the protection of the healthcare system because we can't afford to lose all of our operating room nurses and all of our surgeons to being ill. Otherwise, we won't be able to take care of people. But yes, I've been operating every week since the pandemic started. I've been seeing patients every week, but seeing patients in a way that's safe for our staff and everyone else. We've eliminated passing pieces of paper back and forth to each other. We've eliminated you stopping at a desk and chatting with the personal staff members who would schedule your appointment. We're doing your pre-visit questionnaire by telephone ahead of time. So you have the least amount of time that you're spending in the office, being exposed potentially to someone else, and the maximum time getting back outside. This has some unfortunate bad consequences in that we can't have your family come in. You can't bring your grandchildren with you. Everybody who's come with you that needs to drive you there needs to wait outside so that we can minimize the number of trafficking people coming in and out of the hospital. I'd like to really commend everyone at the Wilmer Eye Institute for pulling together and continuing to be able to see patients in a safe manner. We've done things here like we have social distancing practices in the waiting rooms, so we make sure that patients are seated six feet or more apart from each other. 
Again, as Harry just mentioned, we're limiting the people who are coming to our waiting areas. Patients are wearing masks, so are the providers. We're also wearing eye protection and gloves. And as we discussed earlier, we have shields on the slit lamps. Everyone who comes into our institute has their temperature taken. So among the things that you can do is sometimes people have a fever and don't know they have a fever, and we can actually help them by diagnosing that they have a fever. But then they, if they need to be seen as an emergency, we have special rooms where the ventilation only goes in one direction out of the room called negative pressure. And if you have an eye emergency, you can be seen in special rooms with everybody being protected. If you're not sure whether your eye doctor is open or not, just give them a call and ask them whether it's okay to come and be seen. If your appointment is canceled and moved to a future date, you should talk to your doctor about what the safety is in terms of your vision. Yeah, we and our staff are presently spending uh, an awful lot of time reading your individual record. And each patient's record is reviewed. And what I've done with the staff is if I think that there's any possibility that you could lose vision by not having an immediate appointment, the one that's been scheduled for you, you come ahead. We will see you. If we think that your visit needs to be done but doesn't have to be done at this moment, we'll schedule it for two or three months from now. If it was going to be an annual visit, just a surveillance visit because you're a mild suspect for glaucoma, we're going to put that off to later than two or three months. And if you need or have a new problem, we can see you. But we're trying to cut to maybe one half the number of people we see per day to cut down the traffic and decrease any possibility of passing infection. Do we know of any incidents of a patient getting the virus from an eye drop? We don't. And we are still putting eye drops in the eye. The virus won't live in the bottles of medicine that we use, and therefore that's not really a problem. Nor at the moment have we had a known case of this disease that has developed from someone who came here for a visit, nor a known case of someone who's become ill who's one of our staff or doctors. So keep using your eye drops because your mom said so, and also because Dr. Kaleem and Dr. Quigley said so. Dear listeners, we have a few updates since we recorded this episode. The American Academy of Ophthalmology has given us guidelines to go ahead and resume routine, normal eye care. So you can come in for your preventative eye exams, your comprehensive eye exams, and your eyeglasses checks. We are going to continue to practice social distancing in the waiting rooms, so we'd ask that you not bring anyone else with you to your visits, and we'll be doing check-ins while you're sitting in your car over the phone. When you come to the office, it will literally be just to get your eye exam. We also have permission to go ahead with elective eye surgeries. And in between each surgery, we're taking extra precautions with cleaning the rooms to ensure your safety and the safety of our staff. If you are someone who has had COVID, we ask that you wait at least 14 days before coming in for your eye exam. So that means for 14 days, you have not had any symptoms. And for 14 days, your test has also come out negative for COVID. As always, we wish you, our listeners, the very best. And know that we will all get through this together. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, your mom says take your drops. 